All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Uh, joining us now, senior writer for The Athletic, uh, covers the NFL. He's our friend Mike Sando. What's going on, Mike? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm not sure uh, where you are in the country, but did you get an inch of snow today? We did not. I'm in the Pacific Northwest in the, okay. in the Seattle-Tacoma area. We actually had the dogs laying out on the deck today. It was nice sunshine. <laughs> and, you know, a little cool. You know, you might... You might have a light pullover on, but you might not. You know? so not kidding. Complain. It was it was 78 here on Sunday, and this morning <laughs> we had an inch of snow. So that's Amazing. that's Utah in the springtime. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Mike, let's let's talk a little NFL. How badly should Zach Wilson not want to go to the Jets? <laughs> well, he should want to go there less badly than a couple of years ago. You know, I think they can't do worse than they've done before. I've said on the Darnold front, you know, Sam Darnold. If their goal had been to ruin him and make sure he did not succeed, I don't know that if they would have done anything differently. You know, every time they had a good player, they traded him or he got out of there. You really think about it. I mean, Robbie Anderson was talented. He left. Leonard Williams was talented. He's gone. Jamal Adams was talented. He's gone. And everywhere you turn, people are like, hey, great job getting value for these players. Well, yeah, but they're all their best players, right? I mean, they're the only team in the league. It hasn't had a pro bowler on offense the last five years. So I think that they're going to do better than that. You know, they have a lot of draft capital. I think they've added some more pieces. You know, this year they've – shoot, Corey Davis was a disappointment in Tennessee. He's better than anything they've had catching passes there. So, you know, you're if you're going to be picked in the top three or five, you're probably not going to the best team in the league, right? And I think at least we feel like they're – possibly trending in a good direction where they've been mired in complete, you know, jail for the last three years. Sometimes, Mike, as you know better than most, the NFL draft or the days leading up to it can be a game of deception. Is there any way the Jets are playing games here? Is there any way they won't pick uh, Zach Wilson? Any way they would go for, say, Justin Fields? Yeah, there is a way, and in the, in the, if they had him higher and that's who they really want, it doesn't seem that way. You know, I mean, just everybody in the league thinks, uh, I mean, 100% certainty on the top pick being, you know, Trevor Lawrence and 90% certainty that Zach Wilson's the next guy. You never know. I mean, you're, you're really, you know, I think that Joe Douglas, their GM, has done a pretty good job of keeping things close to us. We weren't hearing a bunch of stuff happening on Darnold, and all of a sudden Darnold's traded, right? So they could have a different feel. We just haven't heard anything along those lines. It seems like it's going to be Wilson. What do you make of that pick? Um, well, I think that, you know, from the evaluators that I respect and talk to in the league, there's a clear drop after him to the next group. And so I think that's why, like, a team like Carolina decided they would rather have Darnold for what it would cost, you know, not that much, as opposed to doing what the 49ers did, trading up to three but not getting one of the top two guys. I think people feel like there's a, a real drop there. So um, I'm – I'm fine with the Jets taking a quarterback they really like and getting a fresh start for everybody um, there with that pick. It seems to make sense to me. How do you think Darnold will uh, will do in Carolina? I think he's going to do better. You know, I, I think that uh, uh, I think he'll be okay. I think he's got good talent um, and was just in a really horrible situation. I don't think there's any guarantee he's going to be great, but I think I think they're not going to re- regret it after year. I think they'll be looking forward to. 2022 it'll be a little bit of a prove it year and uh you know if things go well for him wouldn't be surprised if he got an extension Uh, i think he's okay 
Mike, why would the Niners move up to three if they if they if there is a clear drop off? Do, yeah. do they not believe that or what? Well, maybe they couldn't get to two. <laughs> you know, and these teams get desperate for having options at the quarterback position. And for them, they feel like they're pretty dang close. You know, that if their quarterback's healthy, they're in the mix. And they haven't been able to get Jimmy Garoppolo healthy, keep him healthy. They missed out on Matt Stafford. They weren't going to do Carson Wentz, uh, and who didn't want to go there anyway, probably because he wanted to go with Frank Reich. So here they are, right? Like, what are we going to do? And obviously they weren't as hot on Darnold. So they have a head coach who in Kyle Shanahan who really pulls the strings there. And sometimes when you have that, you don't need a consensus on guys, I think, outside the top two. You're going to have a hard time getting a consensus on. Your whole building's not going to be in love with Mac Jones. So maybe it's the coach saying, you know what, just get me up there, get me a guy. I'll have a guy drafted, I'll have Garoppolo, and we'll figure it out. Mike Sando is with us from The Athletic here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Mike, you're up there in the Pacific Northwest, and I want to ask you about uh, Russell Wilson and the current status with the Seahawks. But, man, has that ever been a weird story this offseason where he he's accepting an award and uses it as an excuse to go on a media tour and kind of complain about uh, yeah. his offensive yeah. line and what's going on? And then he says, no, I'm not demanding a trade, but if I were, here are the teams I'd go to. I thought that was weird. <laughs> yeah. uh, where Where is that saga now? Yeah, well, the, you notice the team hasn't said a word. You know, they've really kind of let him hang out there. You know, I think when Aaron Rodgers made some curious comments after the season and sort of throughout the time since they've drafted, uh, you know, Jordan Love, um, their team came out right away and said, he's not going anywhere. We're not trading him for that. And yeah. it, it sort of ended. You still you still hear some kind of snide remarks every once in a while from uh, Rodgers, you know. Uh uh, he lets his opinions kind of get out there of what the team should be doing, but there's not a lot of talk about a trade. I, Seattle just sort of let it hang out there. Um, now we're seeing, I think, the initial fear, or the initial controversy has passed. They're getting closer to getting back to you know having the team together. We've seen Russell Wilson's public statements sort of turn to being supportive of teammates, supportive of players re-signing with the team. I think he'll go you know back in, try to have a good year. And then if it ends disappointingly, you know, maybe we'll be in the same sort of situation next offseason with rumblings and complaints and finger pointing. Um, and maybe the team will be in a little bit more prepared position to do something else. You know, maybe they would consider trading them if they could get good picks, that sort of thing. Well, you mentioned earlier Aaron Rodgers' name. Now, my partners here on the show, they, they think that Aaron Rodgers' performance on Jeopardy was boring. I thought he did a terrific job. Mike, I need an expert's opinion. Yeah. How do you think he did? You know, i got to go back and review the film, the all-22 Jeopardy <laughs> film, you know, I'm gonna have to really look at that. But my first impression was positive. You know, I just like seeing him in that role. He seems to enjoy it. He always has that smirk on his face like he's sort of in on the joke. He's three jokes ahead. You know, I love the guy making the, the question answer about the field goal decision. So we'll see if he can sustain it, but I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of fun. I want to ask you about uh, Deshaun Watson and uh, you know what, what he's going through right now is, is very, very serious. But uh, my question I guess is, is based on how the NFL has handled previous situations and the Ezekiel Elliott thing comes to mind, is there any way he plays this year? Mm, yes, there's, 
if there's some resolution to these cases, you know, you could see there being a suspension, but it not being for the whole year. Uh, it just feels like there's it would be hard now, you know. Uh, and I thought today was a real step in the case when you had it stopped being just potentially an attorney who's stirring things up with anonymous cases and looked like he was trying to play everything to the greatest effect and all of that. Well, that's different now when you have names and faces of people who are clearly emotionally affected by, you know, they're not, they're not just making it up, right? They're now having a press conference and you're like, wow, that was powerful. I thought it shifted for Watson in a bad way today. And, and it wouldn't be surprising at all if there was some sort of a suspension. He could be in kind of a limbo purgatory. Remember, he doesn't. He said he didn't want to play for them anyway. So I do think there's a better and better chance he doesn't play. But it's probably a little early to just say it's for sure that he's out for the year. Mike, you've been covering the NFL for a long time now and watching the game. And as it has evolved with the rules changes and whatnot, it sure seems like in order to be a great uh, or even a really good team, you have to have a really good quarterback like we were talking about earlier. Is it more that way now than it used to be? I mean, it's always been important, right? But is it even more that way now than it ever was? Oh, no doubt about it. You know, if you, if you were to go way, you know, go back to the 70s, you could you had quarterbacks throwing the ball 10 or 12 times in a game, and, and that could be enough. So you'd almost never be in a situation where you – had to pass you know i think now uh so much of the game is is in the quarterback's hands that uh you know you should probably prepare your team under the assumption you're not going to have one of the great ones um because if you're good on defense and special teams you can win a lot of games in the nfl uh you may have a hard time winning at all but you can compete and then if you're lucky enough to get one of those kind of special guys especially if you can get them on a rookie contract that's not so expensive you may have a window. Even then, it's hard. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers, one championship, right? Drew Brees, one championship. It's just a lot harder when you don't have one of those guys. Well, then why would the Seahawks ever fiddle-faddle around? Wouldn't you do everything possible to make, uh, uh, to, to, to make uh, your situation up there perfect for a quarterback? I mean, I know everyone's human and whatnot, but you got to hold yeah. on to the great one when you got one, right? Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I think you do. Uh, you, your job is to not try to win a public spat with your quarterback who's unhappy. It's to win games with him being a, a key role of that. I think sometimes we're seeing if, if a player doesn't want to be in a situation, doesn't want to be there, they can make it a sort of, they can sort of wear you out. You know, I think what we want to see is, is that what's happening? Was this just sort of an isolated thing this offseason? Because if it continues and there's always something, you know, and it just becomes a high maintenance situation, I think then you you almost it can be hard to win eventually with that too, right? It could start being a negative thing, and so that's why you saw like this off season, you know, Matthew Stafford just said, "I, I don't want to be here anymore," and they decided not to fight it. Or Carson Wentz didn't want to be in Philly; they're not going to fight it. A little different with Wilson because you know he's won a championship and is probably playing at a higher level than those guys, but. If he wants to make it uncomfortable enough, you know, I think then he can probably get out. I, I think we've seen the results of this a little bit, but with Patrick Mahomes getting the money that he's getting, um, how how many tough goodbyes are the Chiefs going to have with some players maybe they really like? Well, they've got rid of both of their starting tackles, um, you know, this year. That had a lot to do with injuries, too, but also their price. Um, uh, Mahomes is 
contract, you know, doesn't have the really high cap numbers yet. So they're, they're not really feeling it. But I think you fast forward a couple of years, you know, Travis Kelsey's a little bit older. Um, you know, will Tyree Kill still be healthy? You know, those types of things could come up for them, and it's hard to replace the really transcendent um, receivers. So I, I'm with you to the extent that I, I don't think it gets any easier over time to sustain it, especially once, you know, his contract's going to eat up more of their resources. What could help them is, you know, if these revenues really jack up the salary cap two, three years from now, that could that could ease it for them. And if he remains good enough, then you can kind of keep redoing this deal, creating even more room in the short term and uh, ride it out. Dan Snyder, Mike, he, uh, he bought out some other uh, minority owners there in, uh, in Washington. Um, when I saw that, I wondered what the reaction of uh, Washington football team fans was to that yeah. news. And when I bring that up now, my question to you is, what order is the most important in the, in the, in the success of a pro football team? If you include owner, uh, GM, coach, what order do you rank them in in importance? Well, if you – it's a great question. I mean, it's probably – the owner can ruin the whole thing if they're bad. Okay, any one of those, if they're really bad, ruins the whole thing. If you have a great owner, the other things are going to flow from that. They're going to take care of themselves, right? So I think I, if I could choose anything to start out with, I think it would be a great owner. Because, look, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals or some of these teams that are just consistently, even the Dallas Cowboys, you know, with a, a, a Hall of Fame owner, but more from the business sense, and Jerry Jones, he gets in the way enough that it's hard to – really good over the top. So I would take that because I think then everything else takes care of itself. You'll have a good GM and a good coach. Mike, thank you for jumping on with us as always. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, there we go. That's our friend Mike Sando from The Athletic. Uh, he does a great job. Big thanks to him for jumping on with us. He's he's uh, more optimistic about the Jets than I am. Uh, for I've heard Wilson. other people express that opinion as well. Uh, thinking that there may be a change in the wind. But I don't know. We'll see. It's hard I to get with, worse. Yeah, I agree with them. I think I'd, I'd be, I'm at the point now where I'd be shocked if the Jets don't take Zach Wilson. You know, I guess it could happen. I mean, we see crazy things like that now and again. But, but, but to tie it into your last question, Gordon, the Jets have a bad owner. Well, that's been the track record. Yeah, I mean, and you asked about Washington. You know, Washington's got a bad owner. I mean, there are some owners out there that I'm kind of up in the air on. They could be good, could be bad. Maybe there's some some gray area there. Well, Woody Johnson and Dan Snyder have a pretty thorough track record of being bad owners. I've asked that question of a lot of people through the years, as you know, Jake, you've heard me ask that, and you and I have talked about it. But I think the vast majority of people answer like Mike just did, don't they? Uh, Owner number one. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's working against, I mean, it's working against them with the Jets. And, and hey, how about this? There are bad owners, I think, that have won. I mean, we could probably come up with examples, but... You know, usually good ownership leads to, you know, or at least goes hand in hand with success. 
What do you think Zach Wilson's handlers are telling him about the possibility that he could end up in green and white? Oh, because you can't poison the guy. You can't sit there and go, oh, man, you don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want that. And then it happens, and you go in with a negative mindset. Well, the thing is, if he's the guy to turn around the Jets, I mean, the, the upside of that is huge. At King of New York. Right. You, you turn around. So Willie Namath did all right. You turn around a franchise in uh, in the biggest market in the country, albeit the Jets, though, are second banana to the Giants, right? And uh, hearing you talk about such things, that never changes. Uh, it could change. Well, I, that's a good question, how, what it would take to, to change that completely. Uh, I, I, but New York is New York, man. You know, I mean, if you do it there, you can do it anywhere, Jake. Didn't you tell me it was impossible <laughs> for the Clippers to do that in L.A.? <laughs> that was a Frank Sinatra. Yeah, yeah I got you. Uh, no, I didn't say it would be impossible. I just said it'd be really hard. Because the Lakers are king of L.A., aren't they? I mean, they're 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 the absolute kings. They're above. They're they're even above the Dodgers, I'd say. Lakers, I probably put it in the order of Lakers at the top, then the Dodgers, and then uh, what? Hmm. <laughs> What's the soccer team in L.A. There? Huh? No, I I'd, I'd probably go. Rams and then, and then Chargers. Um, what am I leaving out? Yeah, the soccer team, LAFC. Um, Do they have that, two soccer teams? Yeah, um, I think the other one. Yeah, they, they do. The Galaxy? They oh the no, Galaxy no, no! I was fold, thinking right? the FC one. Didn't they fold? Well, no, I know Chivas USA. Chivas. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, folded. Yeah, folded. But I think LAFC because they had that Zlatan guy for a while, right? And then I don't the know Galaxy the, are still around. That's who sure Lawson was the Galaxy. I'm not sure where I would put the Kings. You know, they're, they, they do pretty well on certain years. Anyway, that, to, to be at the top of that heap, uh, yeah, it's pretty hard to knock. The Clippers, uh, if they won... If they won, like, five consecutive championships, maybe they'd be there. Maybe. Well, no, to, I mean, to overtake your Lakers, that's why I bring it up. L-A-K-E-R-S. It's not going to happen. No, I don't think we'll see that happen in our lifetimes. Uh, but. Well, so, Zach Wilson, probably not going to overtake the Giants. I'm not sure that the Giants hold that position quite to that level. Well, nobody's the Lakers. I mean, come on. No, no, you got the Yankees there, you got, you know. The Mets, I guess, would be substandard to the Yankees and the Knicks, uh, the Nets. <laughs> I don't know, but but it's still New York, you know. It's still the bright lights, and I, I'd say even if the Jets uh, would be just a notch below the Giants, they're still a couple of notches above a whole lot of NFL franchises around the country.